0: are you ready for a brief, quick word from the Lord? Yeah, I heard some teens say they were ready, so I will preach to them. Yeah. All right. So just really briefly today, we're going to go into a a quick word from the Lord that I'm really excited about today. So if you would stand with me in honor of reading God's word, I'm going to read one verse to kick us off. Church, this is Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. Hear the word of our Lord. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple. Jesus said to him, so Matthew got up and followed him. The word of our Lord. You can be seated. Simple verse. You know, this is a really meaningful Sunday where we're celebrating these meaningful moments in our faith journeys together. We're pausing to remember, to celebrate these points where we have encountered the living God in meaningful ways. Those deliberate moments in our life when we are choosing to faithfully follow the way of Jesus. In a moment, we'll witness baptisms. We've had the beautiful act of devoting your baby to the Lord, and we have also invited people into church membership. In my own journey of faith, as I have studied church history, it has birthed a curiosity in me as I have encountered story after story of saints of the church who who challenged me to walk more faithfully to Jesus in my calling to follow his way. Maybe you can think with me of a few. I think of people like Corey Tin Boom and her story. I even think of people like Mr. Rogers, who led in such a public way in the way of Jesus. I think about people like Henry Nowen, who writes some of the studies that I cherish the most. I think about Mother Teresa and the path that she has led for faithful generosity. You can probably think of your own people, that in your mind stick out as people that you desire to follow? And so I I had this question in my heart, like, why are we so compelled to follow people? Why is there this desire inside of us to have a model, if you will, to follow? And here's a point if you're following along in your notes. Humans have an innate tendency to imitate humans have an innate tendency to imitate. Now, if you don't believe me, I have video proof, but this is a very low-quality video, but I think you'll get the point. So watch the screen. (laughs) <laughs> 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 hey, i <laughs> video, but some great content. Amen? So humans have this innate tendency to imitate. And I think Jesus did ministry with that in mind. This is in your notes. Jesus did ministry with imitation in mind when he said, follow me. His entire invitation to us is built around this innate tendency to want to imitate others. And so Jesus, because he was fully God, right, I think he knew our design and our tendencies, and so he led accordingly. Another word in scripture that's also translated into this word that we know as follow, it relates to the concept of travel. It's using travel language. I want to show you that word. It means to follow, to go after, to obey. As a verb, it means to behave in accordance or in agreement with. And this is the word that's often used in Jesus' language when he says, follow me. It's used four time, in all four Gospels and in the book of Revelation. And this word indicates that the decision to follow is a full-body act. It's essentially Jesus saying to all people, come, follow me, watch what I do, and do what I do with your entire being. Think in the language of apprentice. When when Jesus invites us to follow him, we are becoming his apprentice. Apprentice. How do you pluralize that word? Somebody shout it out and fix it for me. Wow. apprentice. A, uh, see uh, apprentices parentheses okay you get it you get it all right let's read some other examples in scripture of where this word is used so let's go to matthew chapter 4 18 through 22, Jesus says this. On one day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them and said, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets, and he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, that whole body act, leaving the boat And their father behind. Then the verse we've already read, Matthew chapter 9, verse 9, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Then in Mark chapter 8, verses 34 through 35, it said this Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he says, if anyone of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 18, says this. Once a religious leader asked Jesus this question. Good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus asked him. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely, honor your father and mother. The man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. When Jesus heard his answer, he said, there is still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. In the book of John, verses 8 through ah. Oh, but when the man heard this, he became very sad, for he was very rich. There we go. Then in the book of John, starting in chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you, what's that word, church? Follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. So all four gospels. And then also in the book of Revelation, it says this. They have kept themselves as pure as virgins, following the Lamb wherever he goes. For they have, purchased, they have been purchased from among the people on the earth as a special offering to God and to the Lamb. You see, I think we can summarize all of this this way. Jesus was and is inviting humanity to follow him in a way that transformed our entire life being. Jesus was and still is inviting humanity to follow him in a way that transforms our entire being. Paul carried on this similar concept in the letters to the churches, except the the word he typically used was the word imitate. Let me show you that word in the original language. Sometimes it's translated imitator, but as a noun, it means a person who copies the words or behaviors of another. There are some meaningful examples of Paul using this language of imitate. The first is in 1 Corinthians 10. Starting in verse 31, Paul said this to the church at Corinth. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles or the church of God. I, too, try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others so that they may be saved. And you should, what's that word? Imitate me just as I imitate Christ. This is Paul carrying on this model that Jesus left Follow me as I follow Christ. In Ephesians 5, Paul said this to the church at Ephesus. What's that first word? Imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do because you are his dear children, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Then again, in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. The author of Hebrews said this, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. As we think about this call to follow, to imitate Jesus, I came across this question for myself. And I wrote it this way, is it possible in the act of doing, we become. Church, is it possible that in the act of doing, we become? In the act of doing the things that Jesus did, we become like Jesus. In the act of doing the things that I have seen out of people like Corey Tenboon and Mother Teresa, I begin to come, become like that who they imitate which is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Is it possible in the act of doing, we become? Spoiler alert! This is setting you up for our next sermon series. So come back next week. Deal? We're going to have an empty sanctuary next Sunday. So Jesus, being fully God, knew our design knew how God had created us to be creatures of habit with a tendency to imitate. And therefore, the invitation of Jesus is, come, follow me. Watch me, follow me, do what I do. And so this is why, together as the people of God, we aim to follow the way of Jesus, to imitate Jesus And church, this is also why we look to mentors, people that we look up to, that we see the life of Jesus in and we say, I want to follow them as they follow King Jesus. This is why we share and celebrate the stories of those who have gone before us and those that we have known. So today, I I want to share a story with you, and we're going to learn from a story from the past I want to introduce you to two important people in the history of the church. Their names were Perpetua and Felicity. Anybody heard these names? Wave your hand in the air like you just don't care. I see some people. Perpetua and Felicity. They lived in approximately 182 to 203 A.D., We know about them because their diaries from prison were found and eyewitness accounts were recorded. Let me tell you a little bit about them. So Perpetua, she was a Christian woman of high status, living in North Africa. Prior to becoming a Christian, she was of high status. So that tells you something that happened when she became a a Christian, right? Her status changed. She lived with her husband, her newborn son, and her slave, Felicity. She was approximately 22 years old when she died. You see, during the time that she came to know Christ as Lord, Christianity was thriving in Africa. It was doing so well. But a new emperor came to be, and that new emperor felt that Christianity was a threat to the Roman patriotism they sought to establish. See, here's something we can learn right here. Christians in North Africa at that time were more devoted to the kingdom of God than they were to the kingdom of Rome. And so in their devotion to the kingdom of God, emperor wasn't too happy. Are you with me? So among the first to be arrested when the emperor decided to begin persecuting the Christian church, were five new Christians. And those five new Christians were preparing to be baptized. They were in the courses of the church that set them up to be baptized into the way of Jesus. And one of those five was Perpetua. Ironic today, right? Not ironic. God planned this. That we're preparing to baptize. So Felicity, it's important for you to know part of her story. Felicity was actually eight months pregnant when the martyrdoms began. And there's a story in her diaries where she testifies to at eight months pregnant, she began to pray and pray and pray that that baby would be born before she was martyred. And you know what happened? Her baby was born two days before her martyrdom. These are saints of the church that we look to their lives and say, I want to follow you as you followed Jesus. So let me read a bit of their story. This is from a book called 131 Christians Everyone Should Know. So as the time is nearing for Perpetua and Felicity to meet their martyrdom, this happened. Perpetua's father immediately came to her in prison. He was a pagan. He did not follow Jesus. And he was an easy way for Perpetua to save herself. He begged her simply to deny she was a Christian. Father, do you see this vase here? She replied. Could it be called any other name than what it is? No, he replied. Well, neither can I be called anything other than what I am, a Christian. Her father visited prison over and over again, begging her to betray betray Christ for him. To betray Christ for her newborn son, who was still nursing. to, To betray Christ for her family and perpetua continued to stand her ground the story says perpetua was touched but remained unshaken she tried to comfort her father it will all happen in the prisoner's dock as god wills for you may be sure that we are not left to ourselves but we are all in his power but her father walked out of that prison dejected So the day of the hearing arrived, Perpetua and her friends were marched before the governor. Perpetua's friends were questioned first, and each in turn admitted to being a Christian, and each in turn refused to make a sacrifice, which was an act of emperor worship. Then the governor turned to question Perpetua. And at that moment, her father, carrying Perpetua's son in his arms, burst into the room. He grabbed Perpetua Pleading, perform the sacrifice. Have pity on your baby. The emperor, probably wishing to avoid the unpleasantness of an expecting mother who still had a nursing baby, added, Have pity on your father's gray head. Have pity on your infant son. Offer the sacrifice for the welfare of your emperor. And Perpetua simply replied, I will not. Are you a Christian then, asked the governor. Yes, I am, Perpetua replied. I won't read you what happened next, but you can imagine. And I read that story because it's important for us to be reminded of the legacy that we follow. The people who have gone before bearing the name of Jesus who literally gave their all so that we might today have the carried-on blessing of knowing the story of Jesus. Amen? You see, Paul in his letters does a really strange thing. Throughout his letters to the church, Paul refers to every single follower of Jesus as a saint. You, my friends, are saints of the church. You are saints of the church. And so today, as we think about this concept of following Jesus, may we be reminded that part of that call of following Jesus is saying, come follow me as I follow him. And as saints before have done, we follow in line and we say, here we are, Jesus, We will follow you as those who come follow us. So journeying together in this faith is like a chain reaction. Come follow me as I follow Christ. Together, church, we imitate Paul as we read the letters that he wrote to the churches. Together, we imitate King Jesus. And together, we imitate fill in the blank. Today, as we reflect on this invitation from Jesus to come follow him, we must also reflect on this question. Are we, as the people of God, living lives worth following? Are we, as the people of God, living lives worth following?